Okay, guys, real quick, I want to let you know that I am so excited for this episode. I have my good girlfriend, Ariam Cassette, who was with us last season for episode 10 when we talked about wisdom to wealth. So I wanted to give you a quick intro if this is your first time listening to her or hearing about her. Ariam is a real estate developer and investor. She's an entrepreneur, an author, a girl boss, and overall virtuous woman that I love and respect she is just like a ball of wisdom so you should just go ahead and get like your notepad and get you a pen and take some notes and just get ready to take in all of the wisdom let's hop right into episode 18 with Ariam Cassette when we're going to reconnect financially I hope you guys enjoy and make sure you listen to the whole episode all right Hey, I'm Kiera Monique, and this is the Faith is Fashionable podcast, your number one source for lifestyle strategies for women who desire to be a Proverbs 31 woman. The total package, a woman who's on top of her game spiritually, financially, physically, and mentally. Tune in weekly as we learn what it really means to be a virtuous woman. This is Karen Monique, and this is episode 18 of the Faith is Fashionable podcast. So in today's episode, we're going to keep it going with the Reconnect series, and we're going to talk about reconnecting financially. And I believe last year, I don't know what episode it was, but I had on my good girlfriend, R.M. Cassette, and we talked about wealth building, I believe. So we have her back today. Um, to kind of lead the way with the Reconnecting Financially series. And we're going to talk about her book, How to Take Your Financial Health Seriously. So, Ariane, welcome back to the Faith is Fashionable podcast. Hey, thank you. Thank you for having me. So, what's been going on in your life, girlfriend? Um... I mean, a lot of exciting things are actually going on right now. I'm, I think last year I was, what, 31? I'm now 32. Um, I live to tell it. And also, um, I think last year we spent a lot of time talking about um, what the next plans were and where we're at today. So I would say in 2021, 2020, for a lot of people were very devastating. I would have to say for me it was very powerful moves that I was able to make. Um, and where I am today in my life is because of those decisions. So it's been good. That's what's up. So when I think about reconnecting on all levels and just the reconnecting series that we're in, like, I feel like it's so important for us to talk about finances. And as we level up mentally, we make better choices in other areas, right? And we have to be really intentional about our finances. So I'm like, yeah, Aryam has the book about seven ways to maintain a debt-free life- lifestyle. That's like the co-title. Mm-hmm. But the real title is how to take your financial health seriously. So where did this book come from? Where did the motivation come from? Like, why did you write this book? So to start off with um, the title, and it's funny because I think in 2000. 14 or I want to say 13 I added a I took a letter I took some letters out of a magazine um, and it literally said how to take your financial health seriously um, and put it on my vision board not realizing that 
it was going to be an actual title to a book that I have right now. But at the same time, that particular title helped me understand my own finances. Um, so, yeah, that's literally how the title came from. Oh, okay, nice. <laughs> so that's where the title came from. Yes. But then, like, what made you say... I'm going to write a book about taking your financial health seriously. I'm going to write a book about telling other people or just the the importance of maintaining a debt-free lifestyle. Like, that's not something the average person just says, hey, like, let me write a book about finances, especially, like, a beautiful young 30-something-year-old woman who's like, like, why? That's something I feel like an older white man would do, you know? Yeah. Like, what made you just say, hey, I'm about to write this book about finances? Um, I think for me, it had a lot to do with my own personal journey in life and understanding that it's one thing to have your mind in order, but I think financially, that can also lead you in so many different directions, right? So, it's, it's, it's like the Bible says, those who, you know, have... The opportunity to give somebody a chance in understanding their finances says a lot about them as a person, right? Right. Um, so for me, I think at the end of the day, I'm very uh, critical of myself when it comes to knowing the type of purchases to make and things of that sort. So growing up with my mother, um, she's always been the type of person that if you don't have it in your bank account, then you don't need to experience it, right? Mm. So she's not the type that will go get a credit card to try to experience a lifestyle. That's not who she was. So at the same time, I always thought to the in the back of my mind, if I don't have it in my bank account, then why am I going to go force something to happen, right? Um, but I realized as an immigrant child, there's a lot of American culture where if you don't have it, then you go get debt for it, right? So from that perspective, I always thought, well, debt meant stress, debt meant depression, debt meant, you know, putting yourself in space where you don't have control of yourself or your mind, right? So it gets to a point where if you don't take care of your mental health, then you're most likely also not taking care of your financial health either. So I kind of sort of put them in the same category. Um, but how this book came about was that um, I spent a lot of time educating entrepreneurs and people of colors, mainly women and individuals. And what I realized was everybody had this lifestyle, but nobody was really managing their money properly. Um, everybody looked rich, but had owed so much money to the next person. So in my mind, I said, how is it that you look rich, but you owe so much? Mm. Right. And so I said to myself, well, obviously people aren't necessarily taking care of their finances because to them, it's just another avenue. But what for me was is a peace of mind. So knowing that my so l let me get something straight. Debt is good if it's used in a way where you're actually collecting money for it. Right. So I may have debt on my real estate, but my debt is a lot less than my you know equity that I have on the home. Um, I don't technically have any personal debt. And that was a personal decision because personal debt meant that I was personally guaranteeing it, which I'm not doing. But when it comes to business, it's knowing your position so that you know how to take the debt, but always have yourself in position where you have more equity than you have debt. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, that was a lot, and that was good, <laughs> but I don't know if y'all caught the little gem that when she said um, it, she had to get her mindset first before she could really focus on, like, her finances. That's why in last week's episode reconnecting mentally, I, I was strategic about doing that episode before financial 
before the financial epitome because if your mind ain't right, like nothing is gonna flow right in your life. So I'm really happy that you touched on it. But we have so much to talk about. But before we even get into like our seven points that we really want to touch on, I want you to talk a little bit about like how does your faith play a role in you having like this strong money mindset? Ah, uh, huge. And the reason you have to have faith in your finances is because a lot of times, you know, for me, faith is knowing that it's something is there without really visually seeing it, right? So faith for me is the unknown. So um, I knew where I wanted to be financially. I wasn't there yet, but I had to have the faith to get to that point. So faith is something that you have to have without a choice, to be honest with you, because more than likely for me to get to this appointment or for me to have this moment with you, it, faith led me to this to this meeting or to this gathering, right? Same thing as faith allowing you to wake up being thankful for that. So for me to say that faith is not just, a, it didn't just play a role, it's my everyday life. Like I, you, you sort of don't have a choice. It's like water. You have to drink to survive. Faith is something you have to have in order to get to the next point of your life. That's good. So... First of all, I need I need y'all to stop what y'all doing, <laughs> and I need y'all to go to Amazon, and I need y'all to get this book, How to Take Your Financial Health Seriously by R.M. Cassette. We're going to hit the seven points um, that she talks about in the book to maintain a debt-free lifestyle, but even before we start, just stop what you're doing and go buy the book, okay? Go ahead and do it, and then come back. So first, we're going to talk about chapter one. In chapter one, you talked about the importance of like knowing yourself. Like, what made you choose that as chapter one? Like, why is it so important to know yourself before you start to, like, work on your financial health or before you do anything to level up financially? Like, talk about the importance of that. Oh, absolutely. Um, so knowing yourself would have to be the number one key point. And part of, and I'll just give you, like, two major things, right? If you don't know yourself, every piece of money that comes your way is known to be money to you, right? So I have opportunities that always are presented to me, but had I not known myself and where I want to be in life, I would think that every situation or every opportunity was really opportunity, right? And sometimes things that come to you is a distraction more than anything else. So for me, and and if I can advise anyone else, is no one can tell you anything about yourself if you don't already know yourself, right? So it doesn't matter how much money you have. Money doesn't necessarily change you as a person, doesn't change your principles, but it may change you as an individual and where you end up going next, right? But had, if I didn't spend the time to get to know myself, I think distractions would make me think they were opportunities. Mm. So that's what I would say is a major key factor of knowing yourself, but more importantly... Um, no one could really truly make decisions for you and your future if you don't already know those for things for yourself. That's good. And you also talked about, you made a point of um, talking about overcoming your fears. Um, can you touch on that a little bit? So you're saying know yourself and then overcome your fears before you start making moves like financially. Like, can you touch on that a little bit? Yeah. Um, so I think one of the fears that I've always had is growth of wealth, right? So what people don't realize is that change has a way of creating fear. Um, a lot of people are afraid of change because fear. And for me, fear is the false 
evidence appearing real. So it's mm-hmm. mentally falsifying information that you have no idea about that you just think, you, you know, you know you want to be there, but you don't know how to get there. So more than likely, fear usually has a front seat in your life of leading you to where you need to go. When in reality, you don't know where you're going. So instead of figuring out where to get there and how you plan to get there, who's going to help you get there, more more than likely, 85% of us um, are already in a place of fear. So we then already talk ourselves out of situations. So for me, it was really important that we discuss fear off the gate because fear is a human, it's a universal thing. It's not... It doesn't just happen to us as women. It doesn't just happen to black people. It doesn't just happen to Africans, white people, all these groups. It happens to everybody. It's a humanity thing. Um, But I think fear and ways to get rid of fear is if you slowly practice daily to the next point of your life that you plan to get to. That's really good because when I think back to um, buying my, my first house, um, I feel like when you level up and you kind of get in different, um, different scenarios, things can like be really intimidating. So it's like even the steps you take when you're buying property and working with a broker or working with a lender. And it's like, you have to have all of your, uh, your tax information and you have to have all of your W2 and you just have to have all of your documents and just, you have to have your money and everything. And it's like, in the beginning, it could seem intimidating to the point where it's like, do I even want to do this? Or even in business when you're starting new contracts and like you never made this amount of money before and like this amount of money requires so much more work and it's like, oh, I'm scared, I'm nervous. Like, So I really think that it was super important for you to talk about overcoming your fears because as you level up, just like what did Biggie say, like more money, more problems, like it definitely gets scary, but like having a faith to just keep pushing through and just being a good steward over what you have, like that's super super important so I'm glad you um to to even touch up on that part I think a lot of people have fear not just with change but the unknown of the lifestyle that sometimes and I think in going back to knowing yourself and money fear happens because we're installing a lifestyle that doesn't even belong to us right so if you're in a lifestyle that you're just there to keep up with the Joneses or you're there to keep up with a lifestyle that doesn't necessarily belong to you, more than likely you're living and moving in a lot of fear that you're not even disclosing. Yeah. And like I could, we can sit here and talk about fear all day, but we're not. But I feel like even with like the fear comes into play when sometimes you're making moves and doing things like you might be the first one in your family or like you might be the first one in your circle and you have like fear of like, what are people going to think? Are people going to judge me? Are people going to think that I think I'm better than everybody else? And like, what are people going to think of me like making these moves? So not only fear of leveling up, but fear of like, you know, what will people say? You know? But I think most, most of the time we're worried about the people who don't have to even give us the opportunity to, to level up, right? So most of our fear come from those who don't have it to give. Right. Uh, most of our fear come with those, we're worried about those individuals who may not even have a pot to piss in, but they're our friends and they're our family. And more importantly, no one told you that breaking cycles were easy or simple either, right? Right. Um, and I think, I, and I've made, I've even been in this situation, and don't get me wrong, books are written, information is given because we've experienced it as professional people. So it, it, in saying that, I reached a point in my life where I reached a million dollar in assets and things like that. And I did everything in my power 
to go back to the comfort of people that I thought were my friends or people that I wanted to be around. But what it did was it created a lot of animosity because who I was becoming was making them uncomfortable. Wow. And I didn't understand that. Wow. Listen, that's a whole nother episode. <laughs> that's a whole nother topic. Okay, I want to touch on the part of um, chapter one where you talked about setting goals um, and getting things done. You said, remember progress is made up one step at a time. In order to set achievable goals, you should ask yourself questions like this. What do I like most about myself? What aspects of my life do I need to see changing? And like, I could keep reading them. What are my fears and how I can overcome them? Just those first three questions. Like, why did, why do you think it's important for us to like ask ourselves these questions when setting goals and getting things done? Because uh, these are questions I had to ask myself. Um, and the reason I had to ask myself these questions is because more than likely you're you're taking the risk every day yourself. Um, and if you don't know yourself to be able to answer these questions, then who's to say that you could be trusted with a million dollar, right? Or who's wow. to say that you could be trusted with information for other clientele if you're not even in a position to answer these questions? And the reason you're answering these questions is not because you don't necessarily know yourself, but it's giving you the opportunity to get yourself to know yourself on a personal level but more on an intimate level and thinking about the business side of it. Business is all about confidence. Um, and confidence come with maybe knowing some things, but giving yourself the opportunity to really be in position to say you're an expert in it as well. So confidence is, I mean, if you break it down in English terminology, is confident, right? So there has to be a sense of information that you might have understanding of that you can then transfer it to other people so that they can do something with it as well. Oh, that's 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 so good. And I would suggest you guys get the book and go back and read the set goals and get things done section because I'm not going to give you all, all of the questions, but I just wanted to make sure we touch on that. So we're going to go over to chapter two. And you talked about the magic of thinking big. Mm -hmm. I love that. Why? Like, why is chapter two, why, why did you talk about the magic of thinking big? And how important is that when you're leveling up financially? Um, so for me, I think the personality of thinking big was to give my mind something so powerful that I didn't have time to be and put myself in fear. Ooh. I didn't have time to be with small-minded people or small-minded thinkers. Um, and understanding that thinking big takes thinking powerful methods, making powerful moves, having the peace of mind to be able to make logical decisions because the amount of energy it takes to do a small deal in my world, it takes just the same amount of energy to do a big one, right? So the power of thinking big is saying, all right, so I know how to reach $100,000. How do I reach a million dollars? That's obviously different than 100000 but the same protocol, the same steps and opportunities are also in the same way, as in a, in a sense of process. So I think the idea or the method behind thinking big is that you really don't have to time to be thinking about anything else besides the goal that you set yourself for. And if it's big enough, you will be super, 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 super focused that you don't have time to even worry about fear. Period. I love that. Thinking big is like part of like my everyday life and just like affirmations and everything. And you, um, you wrote this quote in... Chapter two, and it reads, the only thing standing between you and making more money might be how you think about it. Mm -hmm. 
And again, y'all, that's why we were just talking about reconnecting mentally and like making sure that you're on top of your like mental game, like every day of your life. We talked about how your mental game is like basketball. Go back and listen to um, episode 16 so you guys can like um, listen to like the importance of like leveling up mentally. But like what made you like focus on this quote again, the only thing standing between you and making more money might be how you think about it. Um, I miss an opportunity in my own business transaction because I didn't think I was ready for that position. Right. And the reason I said I wasn't ready for that position or I convinced myself is because no one around me was thinking at the level that I was thinking. So it got down to the point where I said, okay, either I can get in my way mentally or I can do this and expand my thinking. So this is the point where I, I think in the chapter two is where I make the notion of fixed mindset versus uh, growth mindset. So it was in that moment that when that opportunity was presented and I t- didn't take it because I wasn't prepared, it wasn't necessarily that I wasn't prepared mentally. It was just that I convinced myself mentally because we can convince ourselves if we're afraid of something um, that you're not prepared for it, Right. But what it came down to was the opportunity was so easy because I worked my butt for it that I couldn't believe it myself that it came that easy. Wow. But it wasn't easy technically because I worked for it, but I couldn't convince myself at that mo- po- point in my life that um, I had worked for it, right? So now thinking back, that opportunity actually the opportunity actually came back again in a different format Um, And then I was prepared and I knew then I would never let myself get to a point where I was mentally blocking my own blessing because I didn't think I was prepared for it. Wow. That was a word, y'all. We just need to take a moment to really think about what she just said, because like your thoughts really do like drive your freaking life. Like that's why we talked about the power of like being your own cheerleader and like positive affirmations and just like every day, like, pushing yourself and just talking to yourself saying like I got this I can do this because nine times out of ten you're not going to always have a circle of five to ten people you know pushing you and agreeing with everything you're doing because sometimes like your circle is just not on that same level as you and everybody's not going to be happy for you or be able to be like that support system for you so just having that mindset to say hey like I'm worthy of this deal like hey I'm worthy of like my next move I'm worthy of making more money I'm worthy of like everything that's coming my way even though you know the people around me may not be able to you know cheer me on so that's really good and little do you know like you do that for me like all the time like, you're that one person that I feel like, I am going to have my back. I am going to agree with this deal. I am going to, like, be happy about this contract. Like, we're always going to be happy for each other. So Absolutely. I'm really blessed to have you in my life. Okay, so in Chapter 3, um, you talked about the introduction to money. And I noticed, like, before you even really start talking about money, like, you really focus on the mindset. Mm-hmm. Like, believing in yourself like knowing your worth like thinking big now when you get your mind right now that your mind is right we can talk about the money and what really stuck out to me is um you talked about money needs direction like cut emotional spending Absolutely. and I kind of felt attacked 
<laughs> because it definitely, I remember a time in my life where I was an emotional spender. I'm feeling some type of way. I'm going to go shopping. And then I get home like, I ain't need none of this mess. You know what I'm saying? So, like, touch on, like, why it's important to, like, know that your money needs direction and that emotional spending is just a no-no. Um, so... And you're not the only one, Kira. So back in 2015 or 14, when I used to have a day job, uh, I remember having therapy shopping. Um, Now, I didn't even need that kind of shopping, to be honest with you, or even understanding that. But what was so important in that moment was instead of going shopping, because that was a temporary fix in my mind, I ended up using my money to actually go see a real therapist. And part of the reason I did that was because when I was in a group environment that didn't necessarily suit my mind, I was always in discomfort. So, and the one thing, and, and that if I can back up and say this, I've always... Say that again. Say that again. That's the word. When, when you, I would be in groups that were not necessarily serving me in life, I always had a sense of discomfort. Wow. And I've always had the power of knowing when to listen to it, but I don't think I've always had the ability to listen to that discomfort. Um, Because I think a lot of time we do stuff because of the environment around us or the people that we surround ourselves with. But it was in that moment that I said, everything that I have in my house does not make me comfortable. It actually makes me very uncomfortable. I'm very disturbed with the things I have that I have no desire to even have half the time. So... To say that um, money needs direction is because I made a decision in 2013 or 14 to buy an investment property instead of buying a coach or, or um, a Prada bag that I now have, right? So I was saving money for a Prada bag, which would have been an emotional spending. I just happened to do a walkthrough of a real estate deal in that moment, which a lot of other individuals who were with me who did the same walkthrough did not see the same value or situation that I did so it was in that moment that I said all right I could either save this money for this Prada bag um, that I may not even have any desire for after I buy it or I could see if they'll take this five thousand dollars and I will be able to have an investment property that I have no idea how I'm going to fix yet so it was in that moment that I think my life truly changed was saying all right buying this purse is an emotional behavior buying this property is a logical thinking because now this money, this 5000 is going to somehow turn into 200000 or whatever amount that it needs to be because real estate has the ability to increase in value. And that's literally how that came about. Yeah, that might be like one of my favorite stories of yours. So let, let me just make something clear. We're all for the black girl luxury. And like black girl luxury is all over TikTok. It's all over social media. Like, we get it. We're all for black girl luxury. But can we normalize having access in real estate and and businesses? Like, that's black girl luxury as well. Black girl luxury is just not having a Chanel bag. But let me make this clear, too. We I'm for the Chanel bags. I I got a couple. Like, (laughs) I'm for the Chanel bags. We for the bags. We for all of that. But make sure your priorities are in order first. Like, it doesn't make sense for you to have a three to $5,000 bag if you don't have, like, any properties are like you know what i'm saying so i was like we're not frowning upon that we're just saying like y'all when you out here striving striving to be a virtuous woman like you need to have your priorities in check like having you know the properties over purpose hashtag i mean properties over purses hashtag like i get it but that's real talk like you don't need that needs to have an expensive bag if you don't have any assets or if you don't have a bag in the bag
Okay, guys, I'm going to end this episode right here. This is going to be a part one and part two. So this is the end of part one. I hope you guys are enjoying this episode so far. Aryam, she has so much knowledge. And just this episode is like exactly what we need right now. Like we're a little bit halfway through the year. And it's so important for us to just kind of assess our finances, assess our circles, assess the assets and liabilities that's in our life. So, yeah, we're just going to stop right here and we'll pick back up with part two next week but guys be sure to rate the podcast if you're enjoying it be sure to leave us a review go ahead and follow us on instagram at faith is fashionable and follow me on instagram at kiera monique the link will be in the show notes so i love you guys and we will talk next week